If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream a download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bad mates Hello and welcome to Batmates. We didn't mean to do it, but this is our Father's Day episode. So, happy Father's Day, whether you're an animal-themed vigilante or a crazy killer clown. You know, the the two types of dads out there. (laughs) My name is Becca, and I love Damian Wayne because he is the world's angriest 11-year-old boy. My name is Josh, and I'm proud of you, son. Aww. He finally said it. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Batmates. We are a podcast that talks about Batman and the Silver Age. And And other stuff. And and many other things related to Batman in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we love each other very much. Yeah, we do. Before we jump into news, I'd like to add a little addendum to last podcast. If anybody is just tuning in, we are doing a series on the different Robins and this week we're doing Damian Wayne, but last week we did Jason Todd and somehow neglected to mention the Arkham Knight video game. Yeah, I totally, totally <laughs> forgot he was in that. Oops. Uh, well, uh, you know, honestly, no, uh, not, not a, a, a fault on your part because mm-hmm. the directors or creators of the game wanted everyone to believe very, very hard that the Arkham Knight was not Jason Todd when that game was coming out. Yeah. Uh, I guess I should have said spoilers. Spoiler <laughs> if anybody, alert. If anybody hasn't played that game that's like more than five years old at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Jason Todd ends up being the Arkham Knight just like everybody expected. And I was really mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't like the fact that the game's creators sold it as him being an entirely new character. And then it was just like... Oh, he's just like the Red Hood, but he has a Batman-looking costume now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's only so much you can do when you're trying to be, like, very creative. and But you also want to, like... Stay within the continuities of, of like, pre-established stuff. Yeah, and you want to make the fans mark out. And they're not going to mark out for, like, ooh, an original character. Mm-hmm. Unless he's, like, somebody's son. <laughs> Hence the comic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now we can move into news. What is new in the sphere of Batman? Beep, 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 beep. Breaking news. Okay. Breaking giant ear news. Warner Brothers has announced a new animated series titled Batman Caped Crusader. Many fans are excited that the series will be executive produced by Bruce Timm, J.J. Abrams, and the Batman director, Matt Reeves. Many fans are also excited by the producer's promise to deliver compelling stories that relate to Batman's noir roots. Me? I'm excited that those ears go all the way up to the moon. (laughs) I saw a teaser poster for this show on a website that featured like other news stories. um, And one of them was like a picture of Loki from the upcoming Disney Plus show wearing his horns. And Batman's ears are longer than Loki's horns. Are they there? Okay, so I I remember seeing the concept art, but I don't have it in front of me. Are they also wide like they are in the original comic? Uh, kind of. They they, like, they curve. They do the curve outward thing that make them look a little bit more... More like bullhorns than bat ears. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a Bruce Tim show. Things are going to be curvy. Ooh. Ooh. Speaking of which, uh, so 
With the combination of Bruce Tim, J.J. Abrams, and Matt Reeves, we can expect scantily clad women with pointy hands and feet, <laughs> mysteries that are never resolved, and lots of handheld shaky cam. <laughs> so I'm excited. I, I'm cautiously excited. I, I would be more excited if they had announced that Paul Dini was on board for this show. Yeah, I... I listened to a podcast this week and the host was like, one thing I wish I'd learned early in my career was I shouldn't say mean things about people because they'll probably hear it. <laughs> so I don't want to say anything mean about Bruce Tim. Oh, I'll say mean things about Bruce Tim. But I do feel like his partnership with Paul Dini is really where the magic is made. <laughs> and without Dini, uh, he's a great artist. He needs people to reel him in sometimes. Yeah. I, Batman and Harley Quinn, that movie was not good. No. And I think he was also involved with the killing joke, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and that one also was not that good. No. Um so yeah, I mean I did like his segment. What was that that mini one that they did of wasn't the question. It was that like other sort of a sort of obscure DC character and he saves that girl from taking part in like a satanic sacrifice or something do you remember what i'm talking about what was this like an extra on a movie we yeah watched? it was like an extra on that uh choose your own adventure robin movie that we watched oh vaguely <laughs> yeah no i remember this one yeah this sort of like the scooby-doo one yeah it, was, it looked like well because it looked a little like scooby-doo but yeah it was about like Again, I can't remember his name. It wasn't the question, but it was remember. it was another guy in like a trench coat and a hat. Yeah. Did <laughs> but that Bruce was Tim Yeah, that was Bruce Tim. Right that? I mean it was his art style for sure. Okay. And I think he yeah, I think he had a hand in that. Okay. And that was neat. Sure. <laughs> well, he also had a hand in uh Death in the Family, which even though we didn't watch the proper version of it, I've heard is not good. Mm. So Although, but he also had a hand in Justice League Gods and Monsters, and I like that. I thought it was an interesting take on, on the characters. Yeah. With, like, a swap of Batman being uh, Langstrom, Kirk Langstrom, and Superman being, like, the son of Zod and stuff. Yeah. Well, okay, we like Bruce Tim. He's not... He's a good artist. He's, he's a good artist. Well, like I said, he, he needs people to reel him in sometimes. Do you have opinions on J.J. Abrams? No. Not, none at all? <laughs> none at all. Did you ever watch Lost? Uh, no, I didn't. I know, <laughs> I, I watched, I've told you this before, I've watched one episode of Lost, and it was like in the middle of a season or something, and uh, half of the ca cast and crew were talking about food, and then the other, there was like two other people, and they were walking around the island, and they found a giant foot statue, and mm -hmm. I was like, I can't follow this, this is too weird, and then I was like, I'll never watch this. Okay. Did you watch any of the Star Trek movies the newer ones no i did not and i know you didn't watch the force awakens maybe you did the force Awakens. that was the first one yeah yeah i did watch that one okay he directed that oh okay that one was just a retelling of the first star wars movie yeah. i think i heard a quote this week i'm pretty sure it was from jj abrams where he like admitted um we probably should have gone into the sequel trilogy with some kind of plan. Oh, wow. Because there was none. That's Jeez. just, that's his style is he's like a puzzle box within a puzzle box. And the deeper it goes, the more you like twist yourself into these plot knots that you can never feasibly write your way out of. Yeah, I mean, Lost was such a letdown because the whole thing was like, everyone was in a dream or it's purgatory or whatever. Yeah. Well, Lost had, uh, it was special in its own way. And I really, really like uh, Damien Lindelof, who mm -hmm. also had a hand in Lost, who uh, was the 
creator of Watchmen in mm-hmm. 2019, which was a great show, mm-hmm. which, you know, not everything was completely tied up, but you got enough of a story to feel satisfied. Yeah, the ending was, it was like a cliffhanger, but it was still like a satisfying cliffhanger. Yeah. Of, of like, ooh, what, what actually is happening? Also, okay, I know I'm like going way too much of like, let me praise this white man for doing something amazing for race relations. But I think if it wasn't for Watchmen 2019, Tulsa Massacre Mm -hmm. would not be something that, you know, President Biden would have made a speech about in 2020. I absolutely believe that would have continued to be something that people did not know about because it wasn't taught in schools. It was only something that was acknowledged uh, by the African-American community because it was a horrible tragedy. And I fully admit that not having learned about it in school or ever hearing about it, I watched the first episode of Watchmen and I was like, the KKK destroying a town, this is a little over the top until I learned, no, this is something that actually happened. And it blew my mind. And I'm eternally grateful for Damien Lindelof and the writers of Watchmen for putting that on screen and educating the public on it. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox, but Damien Lindelof's great. J.J. Abrams, maybe not so much. Um, And I don't know much about Matt Reeves. I haven't seen the Batman. Um, I actually never saw Cloverfield. Hmm. so we'll see. He's probably fine. People see. I'm excited for this movie, but I don't know. <laughs> no, it's not a movie. It's a ser- series. Right? I'm talking about the Batman. Oh, which oh, Matt oh, Reeves oh. is directing. Okay. Yeah. Um, don't think that one's gonna have any shaky cam. So it'll probably be. It'll probably be good. <laughs> I don't know though. Yeah, we we've been cautiously optimistic about it. Yeah. Fine. You know what? I'm excited because I love Robert Pattinson, and I yeah. think he can do anything. <laughs> so hopefully, he gets a lot of screen time. I mean, he's. The titular of the Batman, so... Well, yeah, but you can tell a Batman story without having a whole lot of Batman on screen. Yeah, true. Sometimes they dig too much into the villain's pathos. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna get a lot of... It's basically gonna be a remake of Zodiac. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people are thinking. Now, that'd be interesting. They should do a David Fincher Batman movie. I would watch that immediately. Yeah. I would go see that opening night. I love David Fincher. Oh, okay. Enough of my enough of my movie making fan fiction. Oh, this week. okay. Yeah, okay. that was interesting. I thought we were going to mention DC's Round Robin has finished. Yeah, and the the finalists were the Robins, which is the the story about every single character that's been Robin. So you know, if you're listening to this, we're helping you prepare. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the Suicide Squad 7, I believe it was called. Which is something we've also been helping you prepare for. Yeah, talking about the Suicide Squad. squad goals. Um, and both of those, if you're interested, voting is closed, so you can't vote on which one you would like to see, and they won't announce the winners until DC Fandom, which is going to be in, like, October. Jeez, why did they do the round robin now? (laughs) I don't know. But there's 10 pages of each of those comics that are available if you would like to see what those series are promised to be. Okay. There's like 10 full color, you know, you can read through the, I guess, beginning 10 pages of, of these series. Nice. Yep. Go go take a look at them. We'll link it in the description of this episode. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the comic you've been reading before we get on to this comic? The, the only thing I want to say is I've only read the first two collections but the storytelling in the Arkham Knight comics is better than it was in the Arkham Knight game. I thought that Arkham Knight had one of the weakest stories of all the like Arkham video game franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the comics are like prequels to it, and I think they're really strong storytelling like within that universe. It's really cool stuff. All right. 
So, you know, if you want to, go ahead and pick it up if you're interested in that universe. Yeah. I'm reading From Hell, which is the Alan Moore comic all about Jack the Ripper. Hmm. Uh, It's pretty dark. Uh, it's an Alan Moore comic, so and it's about Jack the Ripper, it's which about Jack the Ripper. is a serial killer. Yeah, so uh, don't read it in front of your grandma. It's uh, it's got a lot of <laughs> a lot of heavy stuff. <laughs> I was reading it in the park yesterday, and like no one was around, but I was still kind of like holding the pages close to my chest because I didn't want anyone to see that <laughs> I was reading something naughty. <laughs> Okey doke. Something you'll get into often when you read Alan Moore comics. He's a dirty old wizard. Do you want to jump into our Silver Age comic? Yes, I do. Okay, so Batman 145. The writer on this is Bill Finger. Penciler is Sheldon Moldov. Inker is Charles Paris. Letterer is Stan Starkman. And the editors were Jack Schiff, Murray Boltanov, and George Kashtan. Love it. So this comic starts with a big blurb on the front page. Uh, that mentions a second Batman who meets a second Joker. And before we start, I know I already read the comic, but I wrote my notes as I was reading for the first time. Uh-huh. I wanted to guess who the next Batman is. Okay. And I have three guesses. Got it. Uh, number one, Dick Grayson. Okay. Probably the most realistic one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Jim Gordon Jr. He's the little, <laughs> little baby from Batman Year One. He grows up and he's the next Batman. Who wasn't a character at this point. Exactly. <laughs> um, and my third guess, uh, Terry McGinnis. <laughs> who also wasn't a character yes. at this point. I also had a, one that I erased was uh, Jace Fox, mm. the current next, mm. the next Batman. Yeah, this is this comic is from 1960. Yeah, uh, and this is one of those uh, like alternate um, future Alfred stories. Yeah. So if you've listened to our episode on Alfred, the Return of Alfred, I think is where we talked about it. He had this this run where for like a a few years they would have Alfred get out his typewriter and write speculative fiction about the future of Batman. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Doing a little, uh, almost like a Dr. Watson kind of thing, except about not not true stories. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the title of this comic is The Son of Joker. Mm -hmm. Um, So the cover has uh, Joker... And I don't know if it's like a coloring issue, but he's not, he doesn't have the white makeup on at all. He's just in lipstick mm-hmm. and it's creepy as hell. Uh, and it's, I think <laughs> it's it's scarier than when he was disguised as the disfigured GCPD officer in the Dark Knight. Yeah. Remember when like he like puts makeup on mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. not look like he's got makeup on? Uh, yeah, that was freaky. This is freakier. <laughs> I'm just in the lipstick. I don't like it. Uh, so as Josh said, we begin with Alfred sitting down to write some Batman future fic. Um, and honestly, I feel like Wayne Manor is way too big for Alfred to have so much free time, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, he explains that in the future, when Batman gets too old, he passes the mantle of Batman down to his protege, Dick Grayson, called it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he is also married to Batwoman, uh, Kathy Kane. Yes. And I kind of love that Alfred ships Bruce and Kathy. That's <laughs> very strange and, and very cute. Uh, I mean, they, they've shown that they have interest in one another. I guess. And it, it's sort of just Bruce Wayne's crime fighting that keeps him from dating Kathy Kane. Yeah. I mean, it makes the most sense. If you want to be with someone, you should probably date another crime fighter. Yeah. Have yeah, a similar sure. schedule. <laughs> similar schedule? Yeah, it makes sense. I was just thinking they'd have more to talk about. More in common, really. Maybe. <laughs> 
bats fighting, you know, <laughs> common interests. Uh, so Bruce Jr., mm-hmm. who is the son of Bruce and Kathy, becomes Robin. And it just feels like he, in this comic at least, we did go back and we read, this is not the first comic that has Bruce Jr. Uh-huh. This isn't the first speculative Batman story that shows Bruce Jr. as Robin. But from this comic, it doesn't appear that Bruce Jr. is given any choice. <laughs> Kathy just hands him a mask and a cape and she's like, and you, son, will be the new Robin. Yeah, no, in the first comic where it, it, it actually is like, they're like, okay, Dick Grayson, you get to be Batman now. And it's unfortunate that you won't have a Robin. And then Bruce Jr. sort of storms in and is like, I want to be Robin. I'm a, I can be a crime fighter. I'll, I'll keep on doing the family business. And then uh, Kathy Kane becomes a, a worried mother who like doesn't want him to cr- fight crime. But then he like judo throws Dick or something. Yeah, and, and he says that his dad better not spank him. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So they, they, they don their new costumes, which I absolutely love, 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 because they're just the regular Batman and Robin costumes, except they have a big Roman numeral number two underneath where their symbols are. You gotta know it's not the same one. For Why? Licensing. Why do they have to... Toy lines. Well, you know what? I think they do explain a little bit that, like, the, the original Batman does show up and, like, mm-hmm. still does, like, charity events and, uh, like, speeches and stuff. Yeah. So he's still going to police picnics and things while Dick Grayson is Batman 2 is, yeah. like, actually fighting crime. So if you were a criminal and you, I don't know, held up the police ice cream social and you were like, ah, oh, yeah, Batman's here, you could look and be like, oh, Oh, no, that's the old one. I want a fair fight. I'm not going <laughs> to fight this old man. And then you'd go rob somewhere else. Uh, I also want to point out that uh, Bruce Jr. is a redhead, and both of his parents have brunette hair, which is just like me. Uh, so the duo's first important crime-fighting mission. We are ready. We're in our costumes. We're running. We are going to judge a water-skiing obstacle race. Gotham is in safe hands. Why? We've had this before, where Batman was asked to judge some sort of, like, competition on the water. I don't remember if it was water skiing. It might have been, like, uh, water... What do they call that? Wave, wakeboarding or whatever? Waveboarding? Yeah. yeah. Why? Why does a race need judges? <laughs> That's what I want to know. It's true. You just need somebody at the finish line with a, with a stopwatch, yeah, right? Yeah, pretty much. Unless uh, you get, you're cheating. Unless you get points for doing tricks on your water skiing. Style. Maybe? Making sure you're doing all of the obstacles. I guess. Again, you don't need Batman to do that, though. That that seems like... I mean, Batman's just here as, like, a celebrity cameo, basically. Exactly. Well, suddenly, a motorboat appears and steals the $5,000 cash prize and the gold trophy. And they (laughs) do it with a giant net that's on the back (laughs) of their boat. And it appears that this person driving the boat has a little bit of uh, a companion. Mm -hmm. It is the Joker. And he looks like a million bucks. Yeah. Dick Grayson runs in and says, the Joker, he's looking as young as ever. And then someone delivers an incredible diss. They said, well, that can't be. The Joker is a tired old man. Mm -hmm. That's true. (laughs) Which is mean. Well... Not, he, not just not just he's an old man, he's a tired old man. <laughs> well, as we'll see later, that's a facade that he is putting up on purpose. Mm. So Batman and Robin give chase, and because fair is fair, they have to give chase on a motorboat and water skis. Of course. There's no other way for them well, to do it. Well, it's what's nearby. Exactly. They but, didn't bring the bat boat. No, I guess not. But even if they had, they have to make sure that they're, you know, same medium. It's only fair. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
the criminal declares himself to be the Joker's son. Mm-hmm. And Batman water skis off a ramp and stops him with a firm punch to the jaw. However, Joker and his cohort are able to elude Batman by slipping on scuba gear and dri- diving far beneath the water. So they're Aquaman's problem now. <laughs> Bruce would never let this happen. He would he would have a rebreather on his utility belt to Absolutely. be able to follow. Absolutely. <laughs> it's almost like Dick didn't even get a utility belt. He has a utility. You can clearly see in the panel that he has a utility belt. He's not prepared for anything. <laughs> anything and everything. Bruce Sr. reflects on the news of a new Joker and decides to pay his old foe a visit. Uh, apparently, with all of his crimes, Joker still didn't get life. He's <laughs> out of jail now and just lives in a well, cute little is, house with a garden. This is a Silver Age. He hasn't really killed anybody in the Silver Age. He just sort of commits wacky crimes. I guess. Uh, he's st- he steals stuff. So, I don't know. What's, what's the longest you can get for theft? Uh, life. Really? For theft? Yeah. I mean, depends on what you steal. I guess, I mean, okay, if you steal, like, the Declaration of Independence, Uh I would assume you would get life for that. They wouldn't let you out. If you were... I I think if the guys in Ocean's Eleven got (laughs) caught, they'd probably get life. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Maybe like 30 years or something. Some, like, long sentence, but not life. I mean, if if you steal, like millions of dollars yeah yeah you probably get life i don't know about that how how because if you're that good then you shouldn't be on the outside how long did bernie madoff get life and he's dead oh okay uh bernie madoff who wasn't exactly a jewel thief he ran a ponzi scheme Uh he got 150 years which is basically a life sentence that's crazy and he did recently die uh don't rest in peace go to hell (laughs) bernie madoff Controversial takes. So anyway, uh, Joker they mostly scammed rich people. No big loss. Uh, don't blame victims. <laughs> I don't allow this on my podcast. So Joker's water and flowers. Uh, he's out gardening in a full face of makeup and invites the elder Batman in for some lemonade. Isn't it, his skin is dyed? He's not a full face of makeup. That's just how he looks. In the sixties, yeah, wore makeup. Yeah, he didn't wear makeup. He was he was uh, you know bleached by the acid. From the vat. Hmm. That was I, all the way back in, like, the golden age. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. That was, like, a killing joke thing. But his son, you can tell, is wearing a mask. Because his son, like, his his skin around his face is, is regular skin tone. Yeah. Yeah. Joker tells Batman that the man impersonating his son is an imposter. And mm-hmm. he just wants to live out his days in peace. He has nothing to do with this. Yeah. In Gotham, there's no greater disrespect than gimmick infringement. Exactly. Absolutely. (laughs) So Joker wants to see this man caught. Back in Dick's townhouse, we see he has a really cool setup with a secret basement over an abandoned subway that he cruises around in using a sweet electric cart that takes him directly to the Batcave. And this is Josh's dream. Yes. I can tell. 100%. To live over top of a secret subway that I can ride a little train around in. (laughs) It's so cute. It looks like he built it himself. (laughs) I love it. Uh, So Joker leaves the worst clue ever (laughs) for our heroes, uh, leading them to the set of a film about ancient Rome, where we Mm -hmm. see a director putting way too much pressure on an actress by giving her a priceless necklace to wear. And as we discussed in previous episodes, this does actually happen on How film sets. How many gladiator films that use authentic jewelry does Gotham film? Like... How many? Well, this is the sequel to the one from, uh, I'm, I don't know, 25 years ago <laughs> that we saw in the last Joker comic. 
why why are they filming so many gladiator films in gotham do they do they only have one set and that set is gladiator films i mean there was a time when gladiator films were like the best thing ever i mean (laughs) ben-hur made like a gajillion dollars and that movie is like 19 hours long so there you go okay Uh, So Joker snatches and immediately breaks the necklace, probably damaging its resale value. Uh, But Batman and Robin pursue on horses, which is great. Again, leveling the playing field. Mm -hmm, They mm got to be on horses. Uh, Joker claims that his chariot is ringed with a time bomb set to explode on a nearby busy street. Mm -hmm. And Batman jumps onto the chariot and tips it over, only to discover that the Joker had deactivated the time bomb and that the chariot was recently on a freshly tarred road. Now, okay, Robin is here alongside of him. Bruce Jr. is alongside Dick here mm-hmm. as they get the chariot and discover that the bomb has been disarmed. Yes. Uh, how come, there's two of them, how come one of them couldn't continue giving chase to Joker? You really think Batman's snot-nosed 13-year-old son <laughs> is going to go take down the Joker by himself? I didn't say That's he was how... going to. I didn't say he was going to take down the Joker by himself. I said he could tail him, so maybe he would know where, which direction Joker went. As we will see in this comic, there are very few things that Bruce Jr. is really good at. <laughs> One of them is getting kidnapped. <laughs> That's why. Okay. Leave the boy alone. Okay. Okay. He's not Batman's best son. I'll just put it there. Uh, so they're talking about this uh, chariot with a tar on it. And meanwhile, some snidely whiplash looking jerk is eavesdropping <laughs> on an active crime scene. And he says he's going to sell a tip to the Gotham Gazette. So this guy isn't a journalist. He's just a citizen who wants money for giving a news tip. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> so later we see the dynamic duo discover Joker's street was recently paved. Mm. Mm-hmm. The, the street the Joker lives on. The, the old Joker lives on. Interesting. Yes. Uh, we see that while Joker technically didn't lie, this man isn't his son. Joker did hire him to carry on the mantle. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I never <laughs> had a son of my own, but what was it? Uh, when I chose, I chose you <laughs> to be my protege. Back at Wayne Manor, Bruce recognizes the new Joker's crime as one his quote-unquote father pulled back in the day. Mm-hmm. And he decides to visit the old Joker again. Kathy wishes she could come, but she has a cold. Kathy Kane, as useful as ever. Even in Alfred's fictional story, women over 40 don't get to do anything cool. <laughs> I mean, Kathy, in in all of the in the regular incontinuity stuff that we've seen, is practically useless also. She basically only gets kidnapped. They need to make um, the Batwoman season three or four, whatever the next one's going to be, all uh-huh. about Kathy. And just every episode, like, a criminal does something, and she's like, oh, I can't. I just, I'm just really, I'm not feeling it today. I get tied up. <laughs> I, uh, I just have a conflict. I just, I just, my, my car needs tires. <laughs> my back car needs tires. My back car. Yeah, that should be the next Batwoman. Season. I mean, if you, if you think about it, Kathy Kane is really just, she's a, she's a rich woman who decided that she was bored and wanted to fight crime. Hey. She doesn't yeah. have the, the vengeance driving her that Bruce does. So the fact that she doesn't have that, um, you know, oomph behind her to push through a sickness to go and help her son is, uh, you know, you can't blame her for it's, it. It's her son. I mean, she doesn't yet know that he's in danger, but, like, obviously he is. 
Batman does some detectiving using botany to find the secret trap door into the Joker's hideout, mm-hmm. noticing that there's some shorter flowers in his backyard hiding a trap door. Uh, and just as Joker is about to unmask the trapped Batman and Robin, Bruce Sr. crashes through the door and cuts them loose with a scimitar that was conveniently hanging on the wall. <laughs> I mean, you gotta dress up your villain's lair. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how else are you gonna do that besides, you know... Ornate swords. Exactly. If you're gonna kidnap some superheroes, you need to hang them somewhere that's within reach of... A sharp object. Of a sharp object. It's only <laughs> fair. It's only fair. Uh, Joker tries to escape, but Batman grabs him just in time. Meanwhile, Dick is preoccupied with the hired goons, and Joker Jr. is about to go at him with a baseball bat. Hmm. Luckily, Bruce Jr. hits him with a judo throw. Yeah, it's a callback to that first, that first comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that pops the mask right off his face. Uh, and the heroes win, and Joker is defeated, and Alfred doesn't feel any reason to write any denouement or conclusion to the story. It's just <laughs> climax, he's done. Um, and Alfred shares his work with Bruce, hoping that he and Dick will enjoy his fan fiction and leave a good review on ff.net. And it's cute. Comic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny that he's like, you know, oh... It's such a shame that you, you and, and Master Dick are the only ones that are, that are going to be able to read this. But it's not a shame, because we got to read it, too. That's true. We're his friends. <laughs> He's my friend, at least. Aww. Aww. All right. So this comic was about the son of Joker. Do you want to talk about some of Joker's other uh, offspring? Yes. I call this segment, Joker's Children Across the Multiverse. Great. It's basically just a rogue roundup. I and mean, all these people are rogues. Mm-hmm. Most of them are just regular people. Hmm. As we see in this comic, parenting... Even fake parenting is not the Joker's strong suit. <laughs> However, across the multiverse, he has sired, or pretended to sire, quite a few children. Mm. In The Killing Joke, in Joker's multiple choice backstory, he remembers having a pregnant wife named Jeannie, who is carrying their son. Jeannie and the unborn baby unfortunately die when a baby bottle warmer that she's testing short circuits and electrocutes her. Shortly after this, Joker falls into a vat at Ace Chemicals, and the rest is history. Mm. In Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker, uh, during the events of the new Batman adventures, Joker and Harley kidnapped, tortured, and brainwashed Tim Drake, warping him into a mini-Joker, who he and Harley call Little J and Joker Jr. Joker, confident in his control over Tim, gives him a gun and goads him into shooting Batman. However, some small part of Tim's sanity remains, and he shoots and murders Joker instead. Decades later, a microchip the Joker planted behind Tim's ear allows the Joker's DNA and his consciousness to take over Tim's body, hence Return of the Joker. Uh, it's a very, very weird movie. I, I think it's a cool movie. It's a, it's a cool movie. Very weird concept, though. Uh, also in this film, it is revealed that the villainous twins known as Dee Dee are Harley's and potentially Joker's granddaughters. Joker does die in that scene, but Harley could have been pregnant, so who knows? Yeah. Could have, could have been Joker's granddaughters as well. Uh, the next one is in Injustice Gods Among Us. In the Injustice comics, Harley reveals to Black Canary that she has a daughter named Lucy, who now lives with Harley's sister. Lucy has a creative imagination inherited from her parents, and she likes to put tutus on toy cars to turn them into ballerina cars. <laughs> Harley also reveals that Joker never knew about the pregnancy. Harley went away for a year, and when she returned, it seemed like Joker didn't even notice she was gone. Lucy appears in Harley's epilogue in Injustice 2, where Harley makes a commitment to be a part of her life, and the two are seen playing with a ballerina car. Aww. It's very cute. 
Uh, and then last is uh, Duella Dent, who first appeared in the comic Batman Family Number no. 6 in 1976 and has been a part of numerous storylines, both pre- and post-crisis. Uh, and over the years, she's claimed to be the daughter of numerous villains, including Riddler, Penguin, Dr. Light, and Scarecrow. Canonically, at first, she was originally the daughter of Harvey and Gilda Dent. However, it was later revealed that she is the daughter of Earth-3's jokester and Evelyn Dent, who oh. is known as Three-Face. <laughs> and there's a side note here. Uh, Evelyn Dent goes by Eve, as in the Three Faces of Eve. Oh, okay. She's a classic movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I read that and I was like, ha, that's not funny. In, in uh, So Earth 3, just to remind everyone, is the Earth where like the Justice League is all bad people. Mm -hmm. uh, Superman is Ultraman and Batman is Owlman. And, and they're all like real shady characters that basically run a worldwide criminal organization. Yeah. And the jokester is actually kind of like a hero. Yeah, so is Three-Face. Uh-huh. Um, despite all these origins... Duella does prefer to be called Joker's daughter, likely because she identifies with his mental illness. And Great. She's just like, yeah, or she likes the prestige that comes with it. She likes the aesthetic. <laughs> Honestly, she should just join the insane clown posse and just be done with it. <laughs> That's it. That's all of his kids. That's all of his kids. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about Batman's son. Yay! The best boy. So this is time for Bat Family Matters. As we see in this comic, the writers were playing around with the idea of a son of Bruce Wayne all the way back in the 60s, but Damian Wayne's origins actually go back further than some people might think. While his first appearance, official appearance as Damian Wayne, was in Batman number 655 in 2006, the groundwork for the idea of his existence was laid in a 1987 graphic novel titled Son of the Demon. Mm. In this story, Bruce is knocked out and wakes up being married to Talia by her father, the centuries-old villain Raish al Ghul, which translates in Arabic to Head of the Demon. Uh, in Raish's culture, only the bride's consent is required, so their union is seen as legitimate by him. They end up doing what married couples do, and Talia, yes. <laughs> Talia becomes pregnant. Bruce is aware of this, but Talia fakes having a miscarriage and leaves the baby to an orphanage to be adopted. Oh my god. Portions of this story, actually, uh, this graphic novel, are adapted into the Batman the Animated Series episode, The Demon's Quest. Hmm. The whole thing about the satellite that's going to like shoot a laser down at Earth, all that sort of stuff, and the love story with Talia is, is sort of ripped directly from this graphic novel. Mm -hmm. Um... The Son of the Demon holds a weird place in continuity because it was a graphic novel that referenced a marriage, the, the marriage that happened in a one-shot that, like, was sort of canon. Um, it was ruled to be not canon after Zero Hour in 1994, which erased the Son's existence, but that didn't stop writers. No. <laughs> because in 1995, you get an Elseworlds tale that's set in apocalyptic future titled Brotherhood of the Bat. The, the son of Batman and Talia in this is named Talent, and he is the son of uh, the now deceased Bruce, though his mother does not reveal this to him until after his grandfather takes over the Batcave and outfits the League of Assassins with Batman's arsenal. Cool. Yeah, it's it actually really cool visually because you get all these different costumes and Batmobiles and they're all being used by the League of Assassins. So you get like 
uh, Batman of Zur and Ah with like the red bat suit, and there's these bat suits that look like they're they come from uh, uh, what's what's that guy's name who does like the big shoulder pads and stuff? They're they're huge and they have spikes and stuff on them. They're all really creepy and weird looking. Okay, are you talking about Rob Liefeld? Yeah, I was talking about Rob Liefeld. <laughs> okay. Uh, in, in this story, Talent infiltrates the Batman of the League of Assassins and defeats them, uh, driving Raish away. Mm-hmm. He actually, like, kills Raish, he stabs Raish, but Raish ends up falling into a, a Lazarus pit and gets... As, he's, as he does. Gets revived and then is sort of like, well, I'm not going to set up another League of Batman, so you can have Gotham. The world is ending anyway. Um, at that point, I think it's something like 80% of the population is, has been, like, wiped out. It's yeah, an Elseworlds yeah. tale, so they can do whatever they want with it. Okay. Um, also, so that was 1995. In 1996, there's an Elseworlds tale called Kingdom Come, which we have a copy of. This is about a world with morally gray superheroes. And in this world, Bruce and Talia have a son whose existence is again hidden from Bruce until later in his life. And this son's name is, and I'm going to butcher this, Ibn al-Zufash, translating literally to son of the bat mm. in, in Arabic. Cute. This character decapitates his grandfather, which prevents the regeneration in the Lazarus pit. Mm. And he sides with his father, using Wayne's wealth to help people. In this series, he also falls in love with Nightstar, who is the daughter of Dick Grayson and uh, Coriander's, or Nightwing and... Starfire. Boo. <laughs> okay. So those are the sort of alternate versions. Those are pre-Damians. Yeah, these are these are like the proto-Damians, the alternate versions of Bruce and Talia's son. Mm-hmm. So Damian Wayne, the character, like as named such, in 2006 is introduced by Grant Morrison. And this character concept is in the Batman and Son storyline. Uh, he originally appears with Damien Al Ghul as the name. Mm-hmm. Talia drops the boy off with his father after explaining that he was the result of a tryst that they had years ago in the desert above the Tropic of Cancer, to which Batman replies that he remembers being drugged for a eugenics experiment. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Damien is cold, arrogant, and violent and has been raised by the League of Assassins. Damien then sneaks out of Wayne Manor, donning an improvised Robin costume and beheads and kills a villain that is at large called the Spook. Oh my god. Uh, This is an escape artist who's dressed as a ghost. Oh. (laughs) With a racist name. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he calls himself that. Not because of the... (laughs) Not because of the racist, uh, what is that, epitaph? I mean, he's dressed, he's dressed like a KKK member. No, no, he's not. You said he's dressed like a ghost. No, he's dressed like a specter. Like he's, oh, he's, he's not in like a white bed sheet? No, he's like, he's got like a big green cloak, basically, and, you know, outstretched skeleton hands or whatever. So Damien infiltrates a Scooby-Doo episode. Pretty much, and yeah. And kills Mr. Smithers. <laughs> Old man Smithers. Yeah, uh, so... He, I, did I say he beheads and kills this man? Yes. He, yeah, he beheads him. Yes. He then goes back to the Batcave, attacks Tim Drake, and he does this by putting a grenade in this man's decapitated head's mouth and throwing it at Tim Drake. That's hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in order to take Tim out of the picture because he wants to be Robin and because he was raised by the League of Assassins, he believes that the only way to become the next Robin is to defeat the current Robin. 
in combat. None of these Robins will ever be as good as Jaro. Bruce finds out what has happened, but gives Damien one last chance to prove himself as he really truly seems to want to be Batman's partner and impress his father. Mm -hmm. They go and confront Talia, who reveals that her entire plot, uh, which I haven't mentioned at this point, but it included building an army of man-bats with the man-bat formula and injecting it into, like, League of Assassins members. Okay. And also kidnapping the Prime Minister of England. <laughs> this entire plan... Which one? ...was a ploy to bring the two back together. Was it Tony Blair? Dave, I, David Cameron? I don't, I don't think it was a real one. Okay. I bet David Cameron would go along with it. But Talia offers to uh, reform if she and Bruce can be back together as a couple. Okay. (laughs) Don't fall for it, Bruce. (laughs) Women are always saying stuff like that. He rebuffs her offer uh, before the submarine that they are on is hit by a torpedo. Hmm. Batman escapes the explosion but cannot find any survivors. This version of... Damien is also based on the Son of the Demon uh, storyline, and Grant Morrison had this to say about it. For a long time, DC said that Son of the Demon was out of continuity. Now it's just kind of out of continuity. I didn't actually read it before I started writing this. I messed up a lot of the details, like Batman wasn't drugged when he was having sex with Talia, and it didn't take place in the desert. I was relying on shaky memories. But now we have this new Superboy punch continuity where Superboy Prime attacked the fabric of the universe during Infinite Crisis. Uh, People still don't realize how important that single punch was to cover everyone's asses. It's true. Honestly, (laughs) it's so true. So, And we've already talked about Superboy Prime punching reality Uh uh, on the Jason episode. That's the reason why Jason didn't actually die. He (laughs) he came back as Red Hood. Yeah, DC literally was like... Oh, we, and I feel like they're going to do this again with the Flashpoint movie for the DCEU right uh-huh. now. They're just going to be like, oh yeah, Superboy punched reality, but uh, Flash ran so fast he changed the timeline. And so everything that you liked, we can keep because you liked it. But anything you didn't like, oh, Superboy Prime changed that when he punched or, reality. It's not even just stuff that you didn't like. It's stuff that's stuff like... Stuff that didn't sell well. Or, or stuff that doesn't like mesh. Like, oh, there's continuity errors. So instead of... Instead of just, like, hand-waving them or being, like, only nerds care about that stuff, Mm. they actually make up an excuse for there to be a continuity error. Can I also say how much I respect Grant Morrison for admitting, like, yeah, I'd, like, read that comic a while ago, but I was pretty sure I remembered the broad strokes. (laughs) I'm just gonna write this without, like, checking it. Like, how easy would it have been to just have the comic there and be like, all right, and then write yours. I mean, at that point, it was 20 years old. I'm not saying that, like, DC doesn't have archives where you can go back and go and read it. they totally do. But, like, you know, at that point, it was 20 years old, so he, again, was probably working on really shaky memory. He could have gone and bought it. (laughs) I love it. I love Grant Morrison. Yeah, so he did uh, a whole run, and this, this Son of the Bat was sort of just the first part of that. Uh, it is shown then after this explosion that Damien and Talia had survived, but Damien requires an organ transplant, and but Which he makes one? he makes a full recovery, Which? like all of them. Oh, okay, <laughs> like, like every single one of them. Sure, that's like a he's in rough shape. A ship of Theseus, but for a person. If you replace all of your organs with somebody else's organs, is it still you? <laughs> uh, it's uh, yeah, I guess except for his brain didn't get replaced. If you did, okay, now yeah. we're getting into like Frankenstein territory. If we did a brain swap, mm-hmm. 
would I, would your consciousness be in me and would my consciousness be in you? What makes a person a person? Oh my God. <laughs> I, I think it's the brain. <laughs> probably. Right? Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. You, you probably still have your consciousness. I mean, that's how they do it in the Futurama episode where they all switch bodies. It's just their brains get switched, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> wow. Deep. Are you, are you done having your mind blown? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we gotta swap bodies at some point. So after he makes this recovery, an agent of Raish attempts to use Damien as a vessel to bring back the head of the demon, who at this point had been killed and cremated to prevent him from regenerating. Wow. <laughs> Damien is able to escape this fate with help of his parents. I'm just imagining, like, I don't know, whoever wants to bring him back, like, taking one of those little, like, tiny little hand brooms in, like, a little a little dustpan and just, like, kind of sweeping it into a Lazarus pit to see what happens. <laughs> like, maybe this now, will do it. This whole thing is, like, they're trying, they're, they're going to bring his soul back into Damien, and that's why they want, he, he wants, like, a young vessel to do it. Have they tried implanting a microchip behind his ear that contains his DNA and also his consciousness? No. Al- that, that works. <laughs> although, although, you joke. There's an episode of Batman Beyond where... Yeah, Return of the Joker. No, no, no. There's an episode of Batman Beyond where Rachel Ghoul oh. takes his mind and transfers it into Talia to continue living forever. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the one that they did at the most recent, like, it was like a Zoom table read? Yeah, it was a where, table like, read. Batman's all old and stuff, and Talia's trying to convince him to go use a Lazarus pit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But, but Talia's actually racial yeah. in disguise. I remember now. Which is super creepy. How does he put his consciousness into Talia? I don't know, some sci-fi machine. I love that even as, like, it's... You later find out it's Raish for the whole episode. She's still, like, flirting with Bruce. <laughs> it's great. He's like, ah, time to pretend to be my sexy daughter <laughs> and flirt with her old boyfriend. But only because he wants to move his consciousness into Bruce's body. <laughs> okay. I see. Yeah. Because he wants to be a peak physical man. Okay. Whatever. You could just lift, start lifting weights as Talia. <laughs> I guess. Back to this Son of the Batman storyline. After all of this, where Damien escapes this fate of being brought back as a vessel for for Ra's al Ghul, Bruce gets a DNA test to determine if Damien is really his his son. Mm -hmm. Then he dies. Bruce does. Oh no! So following Bruce Wayne's apparent death during Final Crisis, Damien becomes Robin under the direction of Dick Grayson. Damien does not respect Dick at first, just like he didn't respect him, Drake. But under Dick's direction, Damien becomes more empathetic, and the two grow to become their own formidable crime-fighting team with their own unique style. They work together to find Bruce, and eventually actually end up being saved by him while they're fighting the Joker. Bruce allows Dick to keep the mantle of Batman because he's busy with uh, like Batman Incorporated stuff, and accepts Damien as his legitimate son. Oh, Did he ever get the DNA test results? Yeah, back? yeah, the D- DNA test results came back positive, but I don't know if Bruce Wayne was around to see them. Okay. There's actually also other stuff that I've skipped over, like the fact that because Bruce has disappeared, his estate is supposed to go to Tim Drake because he left his estate to Tim Drake, but Damien like, puts in a petition to actually have it go to him because he's the legitimate son of mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> 
I mean, it doesn't matter, really, if somebody puts in their will that it goes to somebody other than your children. That's what it has to be. Uh, I think you can still petition. I think there, there's still a legal process that you can get to say, like, well, that's unfair because I got left out, mm. basically. Interesting. Also, uh, Damien joins, like, the board of directors at, at Wayne Enterprises. How old is he? He's still young. Like, he's still, like, a 10 or 11 or whatever. I want to see him in a, a little suit at a board meeting. He, he, bossing people around. He, he has, like, really good business acumen. Good. Which is... If the League of Assassins teaches you anything, it's judo, uh, sword fighting, and business acumen. Account- accounting. <laughs> yeah. How to cook the books. Damien also joins the Teen Titans for a time, despite not being a teen. <laughs> and although he does not make friends... And, and also becomes upset when the Titans seem to respect Tim Drake more than him, the experience helps him become less hot-tempered. And then we move on to the New 52 and Rebirth. So everything that I just told you was pre-New 52, this is post-New 52. Batman isn't sexually assaulted in this continuity. <laughs> Great, love that for his journey. Talia just doesn't tell him that she became pregnant and hides Damien's birth from him. She uses the League of Assassins resources to artificially age Damien at twice the rate of normal, allowing him to become the physical age of 10 in just five years. Oh my god. <laughs> Damien then ventures into Gotham with his mother's permission. That makes it even funnier that he's a super angry five-year-old. <laughs> just kicking butts all over the place. So, and, and Bruce allows Damien to become Robin at Damien's request. The partnership doesn't last long, though, because Bruce is seemingly killed by Darkseid again. Great. And Damien continues to be Robin under Dick again. Great. <laughs> Flashpoint. Everything you liked, none of the stuff you didn't like. During this... More pe- some, but more stuff that you also don't, aren't going to like. <laughs> don't worry. D- during this period, he becomes a vegetarian, uh, adopts a cow that he calls the Bat Cow. Cute. Uh, and also, <laughs> after being barred from fighting by his father, who returns, he takes care of a cat that Alfred adopted for him, who he also calls Alfred. <laughs> Love it. Talia is revealed to have cloned Damien, and the clone is a fully grown adult named Heretic that is completely loyal to Talia. The Heretic challenges Damien to a sword fight, and impales and kills Damien. Oh no! Eventually, uh, through some crazy apocalyptic wishing stone thingy. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, it isn't that wishing stone, but it's another sort of like MacGuffin magic stone that somehow Bruce Wayne is able to get a hold of and is able to bring Damien back to life with. Damien is then hunted by a cousin of his in the League of Assassins and forms the New Teen Titans, which is made up of super teens that were also on the League of Assassins hit list. And this New Teen Titans is Starfire, Beast Boy, Raven, and Kid Flash. Cute. Just in case you were wondering. I was. And finally, to bring us up to the most modern continuity, Damien meets Jonathan Kent, the son of Superman. And the two boys clash at first, but begin to learn how to work together, at which point Alfred coins them the Super Sons. Yeah. That's a super cute run. I, I want to read the whole thing at some point, mm-hmm. but they just go on little adventures and stuff. <laughs> it's cute. It is adorable. And I want to say that in the sort of the new future state kind of stuff, 
they're pushing this idea of like you know they're the new heroes damien is and and jonathan kent are gonna be you know the the next people to carry on the mantle which is neat i I think it's cute it is cute and that brings us to the end of the storied past of bruce's and talia's son damien wayne i love it he's in uh quite a few of the animated properties Mm -hmm. and i always really enjoy him uh there's a great scene in young justice that they just it maybe the best tease in the whole the whole thing. I want to say it was in season three where Talia just like walks into a scene and she's like carrying a little baby. And I'm like, I know who that is. And he hasn't appeared yet. He's still just a little baby. But I'm hoping Young Justice season four will see a little little Damien. And he's going to be real mean and he's going to fight everybody. And I can't wait. Um, and I also really like him in the animated movies. We just watched Judas Contract where he was super funny. Yeah, he's also in, like, I want to say the title is Batman and Son, Batman yeah, Bad, Bad Blood. Blood. Um, I'm trying to... Is Batman vs. Robin? Batman vs. Robin. Yeah, there's, there's like, five or six different movies from the... Not the most recent, but the, the previous animated continuity. Yeah. Um, and it's all voiced by the same guy. Mm-hmm. He's really funny. Uh, and I look, I like how he calls everybody by their last name. <laughs> So he's always calling Alfred Pennyworth, and he's always calling uh, Dick. He's like Grayson. It's just cute. He also calls his dad Bruce. He calls him he he? father, <laughs> which I've do- begun doing to my own parents. Have you? So- <laughs> father but i i think he actually gets that from Raish, or at least like that's the way that Raish speaks because if you remember like Raish al ghul only ever refers to batman as the detective yeah or detective mm-hmm. when he when he start, he's like you know nice to meet you detective mm-hmm. <laughs> or when he's talking about him he's like i didn't expect the detective to show up <laughs> yeah i mean he was also raised by talia so why doesn't he call bruce beloved because mm, that would be weird. That'd be weird. <laughs> Beloved. Um, I also want to say it makes me really mad at uh, Chris Christopher Nolan, especially, mm-hmm. and only him, uh, <laughs> that Talia appears in The Dark Knight Rises, played by Marianne Cotillard, mm-hmm. great actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and Bruce make love in front of a fireplace. It's I cons- remember that scene well. It's consensual this time. Uh-huh. And I was like, all right, we're getting Damien. That's exciting. And then she just dies. And I was like, Christopher, why? Why did you give me hope? <laughs> oh, it was the, the end of the trilogy. <sighs> they could have spin off. <laughs> with Robin Blake, Edwards, Edward Blake, <laughs> James Gordon Blake. What was his name? I don't know. Who cares? Robin Blakey Blake, Dick Richard Grayson. That movie was was dumb. <laughs> and he could have had Damien as his, as his Robin. As his, yeah, Robin. Yes. Anyway, uh, that's all for Batmates. We hope you enjoyed this. Yeah. Oh, um, I guess real quick, I'm going to be at the New Jersey Comic Fest. Mm-hmm. And that is this weekend on Saturday. If you're listening to this, you might have came across this podcast because I handed you a business card. Yeah, we hope you like the business card. <laughs> we worked really hard on it. <laughs> we hope you like our new logo. Uh, great. So feel free to email us, batmatespodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us, at batmates. Yeah. And uh, Father's Day is not till the 20th. So if I freaked you out with that intro, don't worry. You still have plenty of time to buy some golf clubs 
or drill. Polo or, shirts. Yeah, ties. Ties are good. Uh, new socks. New new uh, set of socket wrenches. Yeah. What do you think your dad wants for Father's Day? I don't know. Probably something to work on cars with. Yeah. New train. New <laughs> new, new model train. New model trains. My dad wants the same thing he wants every day, which is peace and quiet. <laughs> All right. Happy Father's Day. Love y'all. See you next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everybody.